you know, like a buddy of mine sold uh, sold a reptile for like two hundred thousand bucks. Um, just to give you the scale of, of the of the economics out there. Like what kind of reptile? That in particular was the first leucistic blue-eyed Lucy ball python. Okay. You can buy that animal today for a couple hundred bucks maybe. And somebody paid 200,000 for one? First one. For the first one. Yeah. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals and snakes that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and today's show is made possible because of my friends at The Best Restoration. You guys, you need to have friends on your side when disasters happen, when that toilet overflows or when that pipe bursts in the wall, or if you're like us and you move into a business that's full of mold, The Best Restoration is there for you. I can speak firsthand to the quality of their work. These guys are amazing. With their certified techs and state-of-the-art equipment, these guys are the masters of disaster. Give them a call at 352-505-3321 or visit them at thebestrestoration.com. I also wanted to give love to and ask for support for the Bread of the Mighty Food Bank. Did you know in our community, one in four children go to bed hungry? Did you know that one in five in our community are hungry? You can make a difference. Every dollar that you donate provides up to 10 meals. So when you donate, support a food drive, volunteer, you are giving hope to the hungry and food insecure in our community. You can change lives one meal at a time. Please help our friends as we approach this holiday season by donating at www.breadofthemighty.org. Thank you, Bread of the Mighty, for all that you do in our community. And uh, you you guys, support them this holiday season. And uh, you guys, you probably got a little clue when I said, and snakes, that make you go, whoa, in our intro there. But today on the show, we have Bob Guerriere, owner of Ancient Reproductions, a reptile farming business. Bob has also worked at nonprofit and for-profit industries in the area and has racked up over 70 million in sales in his career. He is a wealth of knowledge for sure, but I'm not gonna lie, you guys. I'm just absolutely fascinated by his reptile farming business. So Bob, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Pleasure to be here. Um, I'm excited. So, Honor. So I don't know if you remember, like, you know, God, it was a little over a year ago, we started doing the little coronavirus sessions, right? The the whole COVID thing started happening. And, you know, we dived in and we're like, okay, well, we're going to pivot a little bit. We're going to do some of these shows via, you know, you know, just via Zoom and check in on everybody, see how everybody's doing. And this was like the first glimpse that I had into like what you do. <laughs> and I was absolutely fascinated by it that I was like, all right, once this thing has kind of passed and we can get back in the studio, you absolutely have to come in and be on the show. And well, you gotta bring some of the snakes with you, right? <laughs> so uh, this, is, this is what we've done, right? You are here. And you have brought a couple of these snakes with you. So I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I don't know if we should start by showing the snakes off or if you want to dive into a little bit of your story first. Uh, What do do you think? Do you want to like... Let's give the folks a little info and then we'll... Okay. Let's let's build. Let's build. I, I love it. I love it. You guys, he actually brought some of them. So if you're listening to this right now on iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts, you're going to want to go check out the video version on YouTube because 
we have snakes in the studio. The first the first live animal. Sarah's over here freaking out a little bit, just to be honest. <laughs> She's like, oh no. Uh, but yes, first live animals in the studio. I'm excited. Honored. Bob, tell us, tell us your story, man. How the heck did you get into this? Wow, wow. <laughs> Okay. Um, thanks for having me, man. Pleasure yeah, to be here. Dude, I'm Exciting. excited, man. Um, uh, you know, grew up like every other you know young person. I think uh, didn't have any, didn't have animals or snakes in my family or in my background really at all. Um, stumbled. Uh, actually, was fearful of snakes. Had a little bit of a fascination as a kid. Let's say when I was, uh, I can remember when I was in elementary school, bringing one, finding one and balling it up into my hand and proudly coming in to show my family. Not so good. Uh, so I got a little feedback at that time. Uh, kept the fascination going. I was fascinated in paleontology, was an avid uh, fossil hunter for, for many years, still am when I can. And so that was a little related to dinosaurs, reptiles, et cetera. So life goes along. You get a little older. Uh, my, I'm in the eighth grade <laughs> over here at Howard Bishop locally. Uh, my honor science teacher, Steve Everett, long time, long, very long time teacher here. Excellent guy. Uh, he has a boa constrictor in his class. And, you know, he puts that boa constrictor in my hand and my mind went this wild. And I had no idea that really I could experience like I, I could that I could be this close to these, what I thought were just amazing, fascinating animals. And um, so that, uh, then we continued to go. And basically shortly after high school, I walked into, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't have any, I didn't have any during high school. I was focusing on other things. But shortly after high school, I think my first year at Santa Fe or something like that, I walked into a local pet store over at Butler Plaza and I saw a Burmese python, probably 10 foot, 10 footer, maybe 80 pounds. And I just went, whoa. And I, I was, it hit me again. And I was like, holy smokes, you mean I can have that? And, and so it got the wheels turning. It wasn't long before I bought my first snake, you know, started keeping a couple, two, three snakes, you know, corns first got a ball python, many people, very popular animal, got some corn snakes, you know, even kept garter snake. I kept anything I could find. Honestly, I was really into it and learning a lot because I was also a science major, biology major in college. Right. So anyway, long story short, I, uh, my teacher reaches back out to me and says, Hey Bob, you know, gosh, fear you're, you're still pumped about you know reptiles there's a shop in town you ought to check out and i'm like get out of here and he's like oh yeah man they've you know arachnids reptiles man exotics of all sorts i'm like oh my gosh where was the store at uh, hogtown herpetological supply up near on 23rd avenue up uh, near waldo road it okay. uh, was there for several years it was a fantastic way to it was a heck of a dunk tank to uh, as far as reptiles go because all of a sudden i went from having a couple animals of my own to seeing animals from all over the world and being able to really work and learn about in person everything from common stuff that you would find around our area, king snakes, corn snakes, all the way up to pretty much any reptile that was available, king cobras, spitting cobras, and, uh, Egyptians, every rattlesnake you could possibly think of was through my hands. I, I worked my way up to where basically I medicated every single reptile that came in the door, which means I've literally had my hand king cobras, all the rattlesnakes, probably in America, giant snakes. I mean, I used catheters that were six feet long to medicate. You know, I wheeled, I wheeled in 200 pound reticulated pythons into the UF vet clinic. <laughs> and a dolly. 
So, uh, you, you know, in, in somewhere. Well, once you get the, like the education for this, right? It's just like, oh, now I got rattlesnakes or I got pythons. Like, let me take care of it. <laughs> it's, I mean, where do you like learn this stuff? Are you just like YouTubing or what? Yeah, you know, back then we back then we didn't have YouTube as a resource. So it get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> it was we were still using fax price lists and you know when people actually went to conferences in person and uh, heard talks and built relationships firsthand and shook hands and you know and, and learned that way. And so it was a lot. It was a lot slower in ways, but it was actually probably a lot better quality of information. And so most of us that are around even the professionals, if anything, we might have a little science background academically, but there's no such thing as an, you know, an Ophidian reproductive physiology degree from any major university that I know of. So there's no real university out there to teach you how to become a reptile breeder, a snake breeder, or something like that, that I know of, unless somebody's added some curriculum. And so you have to dive in and uh, learn and network and try to figure it out. And that's frankly what attracted me to it was the fact that it was all new and nobody really knew what we were doing. Right. So yeah. could, like, could that have been the problem? Like people, you think about how many people in the world want to become snake breeder. Like, I don't, I don't remember as a child being like, you know what? I want to be a snake breeder when I grow up. <laughs> so maybe that's why it's left out of the college curriculum. Like, I don't know. It's, I agree. It was, especially when I started, it was a really, it was, I would say it was a really pretty compressed group of people. It's expanded exponentially. The market and the people who keep reptiles now is really? exponentially larger. Yeah. And, and, that, and, that, and that has great implications, I think, number one, for the animals and the people. Number two, for the business side of it as well. Um, you know, in the old days, uh, you could buy an animal, and this is still somewhat true today. You know, if you some of these animals are priced, you know, at a particular place, and they might take a tremendous dive, and they did way back because the market was small. We didn't have the internet, we didn't have social media, we couldn't share these these amazing animals and and their, all their amazing looks. You know, is quite as the way that we can now. And so, uh, yeah, we were kind of a little group of okay weirdos, and uh, <laughs> that, that you, you know did something really specialized, and and we were not the norm. Okay, I'll so all right, so tell me, like your first investment into snakes, like the first you bought a couple, right? Yeah, yeah. When I got in 89, when I finally figured, I said... You were how old? 18. 18. I was 18. And, and, like, and you went in with the mindset of like, I'm going to breed these or... Yeah, I, I was. I saw a clear business opportunity because I could see <laughs> here I am at a retail shop and I'm seeing people walk in and Buying granted snakes. it's not everybody's cup of tea, but you saw people walk in and it was just emerging, breeding reptiles. What I do now was unthought of um, in, the, in the late 80s. So you're it like, was, I can supply these stores? Is that the mindset yeah, or, it or could just be, individuals directly? It's uh, individuals directly could be, it depends on the animal and the price. Some animals are more suited All for right, so a whole I, I need to know the prices. Like, well, if I, like back then, when, oh, you, back bought, then, when you bought, the, when you bought yeah. this as your initial investment, you're going to breed 2500 bucks for the pair. Okay, 2500 bucks for the pair. Yep, yep. And those were originally offered at about 5000 each, but then they came down in a couple of years and that's when I was able to get in. Okay, so, okay. So twenty five hundred for the pair, and you sold them mm -hmm. for five grand each. Oh no, I'm oh. saying that they they were like a couple of years earlier. They were as much as about five thousand uh, a piece, uh, uh, uh. but the price had come down to where I could finally get in and get in and buy a pair and get in and get something going for myself. I got you. I was yeah. about to get into snake breeding like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, I can figure this out. Uh, all right. So okay. So what do they like sell for now? 
that like, particular like, that pati- that exact animal I think goes for we they are banned in the state of Florida currently, so I no longer work with them. Um, they are probably five six hundred dollars a piece. Okay, so so what led to that then? Like, why do they get banned? There was there are animals that were released in and or near the Everglades in a bulk manner. Um, there's varying opinions as to how that happened, but they were released. There were some that were released in numbers that were imported animals in a shipment. And um, they literally just dump them. Well, these I don't think I, it, it's hard. It's a little fuzzy. One of the one of the theories is that Hurricane Andrew came through over the top of some of the facilities. It was terribly destructive. A lot of people with exotics had their exotics you know, released uh, un, you know, without their permission, obviously, because their 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 place was just scraped off the off the earth. So um, that's what led to that. It's it's known. It's you know. It's oftentimes you'll hear pet breeders or excuse me, pet owners. Sometimes that happens, sure. But this was a release that all the wildlife. I don't want to get too bored, bored people, but the wildlife biologists say that to have the population that we do now in the Everglades of unfortunately normal Burmese pythons, whereas I bred greens and albino greens and all of the different color morphs, the more the designer appearances, um, that uh, it took a, a big release to make the population happen that we're now faced with unfortunately so and that's frankly one of the reasons that i although big snakes burmese pythons were i was literally as passionate as you could possibly be about an animal um i started diversifying in i got in burmese pythons in 89 with albinos technically i had normals before that i started diversifying in 93 because i knew that the market would want different smaller animals and the snakes I actually brought with me today were one of those animals I diversified into in 1993. Okay, we gotta, yeah. we gotta look at the animals now then. You wanna look at the animals? <laughs> yeah, let's check okay. them out. All right, for those of you guys that are listening, you're just gonna have to go check this out on on YouTube or Facebook because he's bringing out snakes and uh, all right, so, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> oh, a little, little. Yeah. Vibrant fellow there. He's like he's definitely moving around, huh? Yeah, this is this is a Argentine boa, boa constrictor occidentalis. These guys are their home range is predominantly. Can you get that on there? Yeah. Can you see predominantly Argentina and surrounding areas? They live in in a range of conditions. They're a neat boa. They are due to. Uh, Habitat destruction, they are threatened in their native range. So that's kind of an interesting, um, you know, situation in that we, I cannot, I'm not allowed, they are threatened. And so we can't uh, sell these. Oh, you can't sell that? I can sell these within the United States. Oh, within the U.S. Okay. So if I were going to buy that snake, how much would it cost me? Uh, $1,750. $1,750? Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'd rather buy a scooter. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Just saying for all so, those that are listening. So next year, so I'm going to challenge you. So in two years, what would that scooter be worth in comparison <laughs> to new? Uh, I mean, it definitely, definitely goes down in value. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but I mean, what does do snakes go up in value? Yes, they do. Well, it, all right. Th- so this are, is an investment. I th- can invest in this. And this in particular is a Max Pink Argentine boa that's been selectively bred to carry in and carry over. This is juvenile coloration. This is actually enhanced coloration. I don't want to get too geeky, but this is enhanced coloration, the pinkish red tones that you see. And basically what I've done over the years is select for them to keep some of that color. So this snake won't bite me. 
Uh, not guaranteed anything can bite you, but I'd love for you to hold it. Yeah. She's great. She's friendly. I'm like, oh, she's very nice. Sarah's like, Sarah's like, let me get it. All right. I got to have like cool energy really quick. Yeah, absolutely. Always have good energy. Got to have good energy. She's good. She's great. Yeah, she's very good. If she bit me, would it hurt or no? Nah. Just play like a tree and just support her. I'm holding this snake right now. What's up, baby? This is a brand new environment. This is like stimuli to the max. this, James? Oh, like he's trying to slither out. I was trying to. <laughs> that's stimuli to the max right now. So that's great. You're doing great, man. I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep coming under her and let her crawl through your hands, basically. And. Uh, oh, my gosh. Beautiful. You're pro. Ch- checking out my computer. You like that? Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> recording right now. Let's go, snake. So do you name your snakes or do you just call them Argentine? Sometimes I do. They're, they're all, they're all, and I know it's kind of like uh, cold and calculated. I know them all very well because I work all these guys myself and I've had them for many years, but uh, they're all more numerically uh, uh, identified, but I do have names once in a while for them. I'm actually digging this right now. They're, my names are very simple. Spot, things like that. <laughs> Spot. You know. this, is, this is cool. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So how many snakes do you have? Like total at home these days that you're you're breeding right oh these days probably a couple hundred i mean if i set her down like on the table would she like freak out she'd be fine fine if i just like let her go yeah yeah she'll just crawl right around she won't like unplug her podcast equipment right i don't think so looking good she's coming directly for you yeah she she knows you huh yeah maybe good energy good snake energy this is cool man I dig this. Just we've on. we've never had live animals on the show. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure how this was going to go, but it's going really well so far, you guys. Yeah, I, I'm really amped. It's fun. All right, so so cool. So okay, can we see the big one? Absolutely. So <laughs> so next up, we'll have a we'll have a version. This one is <laughs> oh look at that it's like this one is uh, actually about a year old and uh, weighs oh approximately. 225 that grams. That one is the Argentine, this the one, one that you just showed us. Right. Okay. Now I'm going to show you a little more grown-up version. And that was $1,750. Yes, sir. All right. So what's the big one cost? I have never sold one. Really? Uh, so you just use them just to, just to breed until they die? Or like, how does this work? Just about, just about because um, there's... I've got so much into the I've got so much into the girls and, and into the project. It's uh, from a business standpoint, it's uh, it's two things. It's it's control over your kind of your product. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Uh, and uh, or um, so, it gets too expensive. Okay. Frankly. All right. So she does, she doesn't have a name. Does this one have a name? No, I don't. I don't have a I don't have a name for her specifically. I'm gonna start naming all your snakes for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Name her. She's sweet. Scooter, that's the name. Scooter, I like that. We can name her in your honor. Ah, Scooter. Whoa, absolutely, we can name her. I like that. We can call her Whoa. I like that. My whoa. customers have the most amazing names uh, <laughs> for their animals. They put it. They they, uh, they go wild. But this is a. Uh, so, 20, so she she weighs how much? She was born in 2011. She weighs about 30 pounds, 25 or 30 pounds. We're we're gonna weigh her. Usually she gets weighed. And mostly November, December, and I haven't weighed her yet. So, but she weighs about twenty-five or thirty pounds, and she's a grown-up version of the of the snake that we just uh, just showed. The, she is quote a third-generation snake from the project, and the little guy was a fourth. And uh, does it yeah, does it make nice. you nervous when she darts for your neck like that? No. 
<laughs> no, not at all. I'm just a big worm tree. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. Just as long as you don't. It's like with any, like with any animal. If you don't have, uh, it's best to not have. You know, try not to be nervous. But a lot of people are. But that's okay. All right. So for our listening audience, yeah. like I just held the little snake. <laughs> And this this one's giant. This one's this one's huge. You can knock over James's camera. I'm gonna buy James pounds. a new camera in a second because this one's like huge. And she is just like all over the place. Look at that. That is that's awesome, man. Yeah. Now this so, is, this is real. This is of course a brand new environment, so she's all over the place. But yeah, they're really they're really mellow. Is that they, just natural curiosity? Yeah, it is absolutely sensing okay. the environment. She's bringing back in. She's bringing back real information with that forked tongue onto a specific organ called the Jacobson's organ on the roof of her mouth, and that's how she's really she's, she's interpreting the world with that and heat pits. And she's straight vision. up eyeing my. She's eyeing my whiskey, dude. Yeah, I don't, watch out. Well, she's well, she's from my house. She won't treat that. She'll treat that properly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, this is a. Uh, this is a big Max Pink, and an animal like this, I know if you want to get in on worth, how I would normally, I had an inquiry today, and I and I have inquiries regularly on selling adults. It's just that, to me. But since, you won't. I will. I will for the if I were to sell this, I, if I were to sell an animal like this, I would probably pair it with a male, and honestly, the number that comes to my mind is twenty thousand dollars. Because that snake would cost me twenty grand, or with well, the male. Well, this snake will literally produce me twenty thousand dollars of income in one year in a breeding season and let's say I only breed her every other year but still for me to invest a this is a snake that I've been working on since 93 now we produced her in 2011 but she's a keystone breeder to keep going to the next level but but number one these snakes live my oldest my longest lived one is 28 years old and so they can stay my oldest one that I've had produce is 21 so an animal like this might might be able to produce five or six times and so add up an average litter size of let's say depending on the size a snake this size easily can produce 20 babies 20 25 babies and so all of a sudden you don't want to work for six years raise an animal like this and then sell it to somebody and without you know it's a risk like any like any business move but what i'm hedging is i'm counting on me being able to get this girl to produce and that's why i rarely sell them because they're worth more to me than they are most people okay but you know this animal is produces snakes worth you know easily 1250 to 1750 and she can drop probably 30 of them so why sell it for less so that's why i that's why I rarely sell an adult. All right. Yeah. And for everybody's listening and watching, like, I, I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to adjust, like I've been trying to adjust your volume and stuff. So just because he's, he's standing up holding, okay. the, holding this giant snake <laughs> away. Can I sit, I'll sit he's, down. He's like, he's like away from the microphone. So oh, this, if, here we go. Hopefully you is can this hear. Better? Yeah, no, you're, you're good. So, but this is, I mean, this is incredible. Yeah. I mean, this thing is giant. <laughs> All right, so last time we talked, one of the most fascinating things that you said was that you ship these things. <laughs> so like, let, let's revisit that because that was one of the things that I was absolutely fascinated by was that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, like just ship them via FedEx. And I'm like, oh my gosh, could you imagine receiving a, a sh snake or shipping a snake or being the... <laughs> Don't let that snake knock that glass off. No. <laughs> um, you know, receiving uh, or just even even being. I'm, I'm trying to think about like the guys in the FedEx trucks that are just like delivering packages yeah. and they don't know what's inside. Like, 
<laughs> talk to me about I'm shipping a snake. That. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's much like you know we're we're really uh, and and I just and I just have Whoa, to dude, and I just have to too close are, to me now. Is it too close? Yeah, yeah. Okay, to, like. And, uh, that, that head is coming right towards me, and I'm me, like, yeah, this is this is close. Let enough. me see if I can wrangle her. Uh, yeah, FedEx. We're stoked to have uh, you know meet myself and many other people in the in the trade as a as an awesome partner. Um, they, you know, in the old days. When I first got started, I was lucky enough to be like one of the first five people in the country to be approved to ship snakes FedEx. And back then, you sent them their packaging. They dropped it off a two-story building. They did all sorts of crazy stuff to it. Uh, today, the standards have been uh, you know, agreed upon, and, and, and the packaging has become more standardized. But yeah, we put them in insulated boxes, uh, heavily insulated boxes with a strong cardboard outer inside of bags um, at the minimum and uh, taped up, fully identified, completely transparent. Um, they don't need like... And ventilated. They, oh, they are ventilated. Yeah, we, we use a heat packs at times. We even have, I've even done shipments with coal packs just to make sure that they're environmentally, um, you know, appropriately taken care of. We want to be humane. Is this like FedEx overnight or can I like ship it via ground seven days? No, pr- priority overnight only. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, that's a legitimate question, yeah. right, Trinity? She's over there. Pretty much the highest, I think one of the highest levels of service they have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing, that's the only thing that's acceptable. All right. So, so have you ever been bitten before? Uh, oh yeah. As anybody that's, <laughs> yeah. As anybody that has had, you know, the thousands of snakes that I have, um, you've definitely been bitten. But most of the time it's just a little defensive bite where, you know, most of the time it's just small guys that are defensive and, or have you had like a venomous hungry, bite? no venomous bites. My worst bite was, you know, like a, about a hundred pound Burmese Python. You know, that was not nice. Uh, that, that was, uh, but again, it was my fault. It's always your fault. You, you know, I, I don't want to, and that's not a sales pitch, but it's, it's just, it's just true. It's, it's, uh, I didn't use proper procedure that day and, and I got bit and it was my fault and it was fine. <laughs> have you ever tried to conduct an interview before while holding a snake and having the snake go everywhere? No, I have not. <laughs> First time for everything. Yes. This, yes. The snake yes, is yes. like all over your chair. Yeah. All, she's exploring. I mean, she is all over the place. She's, she's just, it's a, it's a new environment. It's uh, it's very different. It's it's uh, yeah. That's All right, good. so so She's you know a few occupied. a few years ago, like in the news and stuff, there's this in Florida news. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida gets labeled as one of those places. Like, oh my gosh, can you believe that this happened in Florida? Mm-hmm. There's this whole thing about like this king cobra that got like oh wow that got right. like released or it was like released or it was loose or it got lost and it was out in the wild and everybody's freaking out about. Was that yours? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. You, you, uh, that's a big boo-boo. That's yeah. a, that's a big no-no. So yeah, no, I, uh, you, you know, it's not that easy. They are escape artists, but it's not that hard, excuse me, to keep them hemmed in and, 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 and closed. But a cobra, those are, they're wily, especially like a king cobra, believe it or not. And this is for the viewing and listening audience. Those are actually pretty intelligent animals. And so, um, you know, it's a different different critter to have on the loose, let me tell you, and it's a different critter to keep. If you have been around, I used to keep cobras. I kept cobra, I started, I think, at 18 or 19. I had my first cobras. And so it's they're interesting from an intellectual standpoint as well. But no, that wasn't mine. That's really unfortunate that that happens, but it does happen. Are we good? Oh, yeah, she's just hanging out. <laughs> she's like all over. Oh, yeah. She's like wrapped around the chair completely. Oh, yeah. That's See, awesome. and she's she there there she's not used to being handled and that's in defense of everybody, you know, viewing, but she's she's this nice and isn't and isn't normally handled that much. So maybe you already said this, but like how many snakes do you have at like one time? 
Uh, oh, now I used to, in about 07, 08, I honed down from about, from 12 species to three. And really I was on a plan to reenter more traditional work environment. And uh, so now I only have predominantly predominantly two species and I'm actually kind of focusing. So right now, give or take, you know, a couple hundred. Like right now? Uh-huh. That's not many. Yeah. In the old days, I could have as many. Like at your house? Or like, where's this at? No, I, I like live on, like I live on some acreage. And so I live on 20 acres and uh, they are in their own buildings about a hundred yards from the house. <laughs> okay. So, you know, talking about the, the cobra that got loose, have, like, have yeah. you lost a snake? No. Never. No, no, they're, they're too darn valuable. I don't just leave the door open. We just use, we, we try to have a pretty high level of biosecurity and that means there anything coming in or getting out. And so it's real serious with the state that we are in, with the climate that we have, although this far north, the climate that we have would be very harsh on almost all the exotics. That's why we don't hear near the stories of exotics that we do as compared to South Florida. So, um, but regardless, it's, you know, imagine I didn't want to work this long and spend hundreds of dollars raising this animal just to let it go. So Why is she hissing at me like that? She's just breathing. She likes you. She's just breathing? <laughs> I think she's breathing. I wish she could, everybody could hear that. It sounds like yeah. Like... If they get spooked or very... Uh, alarmed, they can hiss very loudly, uh, very, very loudly. But n- obviously, she's not alarmed. She's not alarmed. Nah, she's doing great. What would she do if she was alarmed? You can just just that would hiss yeah, louder. Yeah, would be would be. She would be almost like any other animal, and almost uh, you like, know you know take an approach like that, and you know probably recoil back, and probably most of the time, if they have a place to go, they'll just turn around and go the other direction. Okay. Yeah, if they feel cornered, that's one thing. But, you know, most snakes, and, and even, and I've worked these guys, and, you know, I mean, I've had tens of thousands of interactions, you know, I mean, almost innumerable. Um, and I pride myself on being, you know, good with body language and vibe because I just want the environment. My whole thing is I want to, I just want to reduce stress at all times. I want to reduce stress. I don't want to be, the, I don't want to be, I'm asking a lot of these guys. I don't want to induce any kind of stress or be a stressor for them. But I do like, but I do think at times enrichment is stimulation. Stimulation is something new. So, you know, that's also plays in there. So I will take them outside. Um, usually we have one or two folks, you know, we're ready with containers and stuff, but they just, they're so chill they're so enamored with the sensory information that they're getting from a new environment i mean literally i get bored because sometimes they move you know three feet (laughs) some will crawl around and really want to go 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 but and it's just kind of one of those things we do as a little exercise too so trying to wrap my head around like the the money in this Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean are you able to share any uh insight into that i mean if you got 200 of these things I mean, it, like, well, I guess, like, what's the length of the process to breed one? Because you said you breed her every other year, right? I mean, is it, it, I mean, there's obviously a lot of care involved in that cost. I mean, like, how much money is made breeding snakes? It's it's a potentially it's a high risk environment in that the stability of the pricing is pretty radical in that every snake I sell goes to a competitor potentially, right? So 
Um, sometimes what can happen is, and what happened in the, in, you know, years and years ago when we were just starting this stuff in the late eighties, early nineties is when we would produce a snake, when you'd get something fairly unique, um, or any of them, we were, we were just starting back then. So we, there was no such thing as a Max Pink Argentine boa. We were just thrilled to be able to get an Argentine boa. And so I'll give you this for money. In 1993, the first snakes just like this, but normal cost me $800 a piece. Corrected for inflation today, that's about 1500. So we're not that far off of the same price that I invested at back in, you know, 93, but this is a selectively bred version that's now trying to elicit different colors and kind of just become more racy with a cooler paint job. Um, what it takes now, this snake right now, if you were to, if you were to take that little one that I showed you and put another four years worth of time and food, you'd probably buy two more enclosures to house it before it got this large, you would feed it probably 25 to as many as 50 times. You would have to service the cage weekly. You have to pay power. Uh, you have to buy potentially whatever the heating element is, the water, water treatment, um, the rodents, the food is a, is a, is can be a large expense, your time. So multiply all those requirements times another four or five years, and that will be your first opportunity to make any money back. So with these guys, you get to make an investment, put in five or six years work specifically with these Argentine boas. And your first attempt at getting any money back is about at year six. So it's one of those things that you got to love this. You got to love snakes. You got to love it. And, you know, so the better you get at it and the more efficient you can be, just like any other business, but it's not one of those. It's, it's, you can, some people can, you can make a, a quick hit, so to speak, but it's, it's really kind of, a, for me, it's a long game. I, I frankly probably didn't start making money on this project till very recently. I invested in it. When I invested, I'll, I'll give you some dollars that, 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 that's, well, that's a little, that's a little disruptive in your thinking is a little bit. When I bought in 1993 for $800 a piece, when I had my first litter, um, I was at the biggest trade show in the United States. And the guy, who, my mentor, one of the people who I bought these animals from, who's you know still today a top professional, um, he couldn't sell his for 85 bucks a piece. Mm. Now I was able to sell these because they had all, all people could already see the color difference for about 135 bucks. And I remember I was thrilled to send my employee back home to go get more, uh, you know, and to bring to the show to sell. But we went from 800, we in a piece, we invested five, six years worth of work and were able to sell them for about a hundred bucks, 135 bucks a piece. So, you know, and then we had, and that's because honestly, and I know you love this, I know you're the monster marketer and love that. <laughs> and I love you for that. Um, but, you know, we didn't have the market size. We didn't have the Internet. So all of a sudden, everybody's, you know, not everybody, but if the animals started being produced, but the market was small. So all of a sudden the price goes down. So anyway, so that's a little it, it, these are long lived animals. It, it's just a lot of hard work and discipline and sacrifice in that you you can't just go away for a weekend without your without your stuff being tended. If you work with an egg laying species, which I do, um, you're on call 24 seven, really for about six months of the year, 24 seven, how far away you travel is literally you have to be able to get back to your place and fix something, power outage, your incubator broke, your air conditioner oh, broke, man. the temp's too high. You're, it's just like any other farmer and you're on call 24 seven. That's the most demanding. What I tell people is when younger people, which I talk to a lot, and I really wanna be inspirational to the young breeders out there, the young folks that really wanna do this. Um, I just tell them, I'm like, you know, the work is not hard. The, the, what's hard is the commitment. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, do you like that though? 
like not being able to go to Cabo for vacation. <laughs> it's I'm accustomed to it. I don't know if I like it. And, I, and it's one of the things that, you know, you're always trying to have trusted people in your network that you can lean on to go away. But it's a separator. It's a separator. It's a, is a really a hardworking type of, um, you know, projects, you know, taking some of this on, especially a larger collection. And so it's a separator who's willing to make that commitment. So you, um, so you got family at home? No. Okay. No, no. Just, just, just my, just my longtime girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Which I must give tremendous credit for over the many years that she supported me, Elena Rexroad. So love you. Thank you for that. <laughs> But so it's 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 not everybody. But you know what? A, a chicken farmer has the same situation. A yeah. cattle farmer, a crop, a row crop guy, not much different. And that's the situation that you that it really requires. So it's it's tough. And later in life, I've honestly just as a kind of a people thing, uh, independent of snakes, I've wondered. And I was like, wow, it's it's it, it does wear on you. I can't lie. You, you know, it's a separator, and I'm a hard worker, and I mean, I love the grind, but still, it, it's you know, it's taxing. I wake up sometimes at five in the morning going, did I close that window? You know, what did, did I tweak the temperature? I mean, really, I mean, you yeah. know, did I tweak the temperature right? Am I, am I on, you know, nothing radical because your success, you only have one time a year to have success with reptiles because they only reproduce one time so a year. So what happens when you get ready to like retire and be done with snakes? I mean, you just sell the whole bundle to somebody? You can, I, I've known people, I have sold off large you know, chunks and, of, and different collections within my business before. Um, you know, usually I, uh, I've always been fortunate, really fortunate in that when I started as a kid, the guys who were my contemporaries and the people that I bought my breeding stock were, are literally the legends and the best in the business. And that's who I sought out. Um, so that by the time you build a collection like I have now of these boas, uh, you, you really have a lot of quality and I have, I have animals. I am to my knowledge, just for an example, the only person I know of in the United States that has animals. These are very limited in their genetics in the, in the United States because not many came in and I'm the only living person that I know of that's probably worked. No, I'm not living that. That's true. But anyway, but I'm one of the very, very, very few people that actually worked the original founder stock that came into the United States and have worked them continuously through this day. Actually, I think I am the only person that does that, that has done that for, you know, but it's taken me about 30 years to do that. Your snake is, your snake is done, dude. Yeah, she's chilling. <laughs> she's like, she's See? out. And this is what you get. This is great. I love it. What's like one thing that I didn't ask that you want to share? Because <laughs> I feel like there's like so many interesting stories with this, or there's something. Oh my gosh! There's something crazy, some crazy story, or oh. you know, some interesting aspect of the business that I just wouldn't know to to ask. Like, I'll throw a couple interesting stuff that you might find interesting. Uh, you know, the top top animal that I know of that's been sold in the trade, not one of these is the, the highest animal that I know personally that was sold individually that, you know, for people on the horn for business. And I know a lot of people are sitting out there going, OMG, look at that thing. What's that guy doing? And they might not be here in the business side, but you know, like a buddy of mine sold, uh, sold a reptile for like 200,000 bucks. Um, just to give you the scale of, of the, of the economics out there now, granted. <laughs> and, and now I also have buddies that are, uh, like what kind of reptile? That in particular was the first leucistic blue-eyed Lucy ball python. Okay. You can buy that animal today for a couple hundred bucks maybe. And somebody paid 200,000 for one? First one. For the first one. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's kind of like, unfortunately in this business, and this is another 
part of it, 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 which is what I've called it, it's a race to the bottom on the price. Now, but I'll also interject this since you're a marketing beast, what I'm trying to do and what I'm urging other people to do that do this is not worry so much about selling. Of course, we need to sell our animals to pay our bills, but always expand market, expand market. Let's bring new people in. Let's, you know, show the wonderful values of these. They don't, and there's no allergies. As you can tell, they're quite quiet. She's quite settled. They don't require much training, traditional vet bills. You know, there's a lot of positives to them. You can fit them in apartments and things. So what I try to focus on a lot with my energy is expanding market so that we don't have that price crash. Um, that we've had in the past, but the market has, I'll tell you this, and, and people might appreciate this through COVID, the markets has expanded and people are maybe because real estate's tighter, maybe living quarters are smaller, but the ownership of the quote, other pets, f- fish, uh, birds, ex- small exotic mammals and reptiles is, is actually gaining ground on the traditional pets. So that's kind of an interesting thing. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's um it, it's interesting. I got into it as a business and a fascination, and I and I and I play both those sides of it. So I understand you know both sides, and I've been able to be very objective in that way. And I think that's helped my success in that. But um, you know the passion is definitely a key piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just you can't nobody that I know of that just likes the numbers has made it has survived. <laughs> you have to have some you have to have some level of interest and real you know sincere passion. The one thing that I've realized from this conversation is that I'm going to stick with scooters. Uh, definitely not going to get into snakes anytime soon. <laughs> but they're awesome, man. This, I mean, I just remember when we had that discussion, I was like, dude, we got to bring the yeah. animals into the studio. I want to see them. This, is, this has been really, really cool. So. Yeah, it, and I don't mean to make it, I, sorry to interrupt. I, I don't mean to make it about the dollars, but I know this is a business podcast, you know, predominantly. So people that want to, you know, hear that kind of piece of it. Um, and what's really interesting, since you're so Gainesville focused, you're the Gainesville focused man, is, uh, and I won't, I won't name them, uh, but we have in this area, and it's been known for quite a while, academically and commercially is what really I've called it the reptile center of the universe. So there are other people like me here. And this area is actually, believe it or not, a lot of people don't know that, this area is pretty well known for having some really prominent people in reptiles doing what I do. So that's something that's very quiet and not everybody knows, but that's kind of a fun Gainesville, that's kind of a fun Gainesville fact that if you, there's a lot, there's other reptiles besides the gators, baby. (laughs) (laughs) In Gainesville. That's super cool, man. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for bringing them. Cool, I, I know it took like extra planning. We were we were like trying to plan it. it, and yet they had to be fed. I we didn't want them eating us, and <laughs> <laughs> there were some awkward questions going back and forth. Like you even asked us if there were like, there's no rodents, right? And Sarah messages me like, what about the rodents? <laughs> uh, a few uh, was it like a few months ago? A few months ago, we had like. Uh, well, I was in a Zoom call, yeah. and I had a mouse kind of run back behind my computer, and I this is the first one I've seen in, like, forever. Right. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, the last rodent I saw was that one. That's been a few months. So I think we're good. I don't think I don't think he has to worry. But were you, like, worried about, like, them, these snakes, seeing a rodent and, like, not, getting, getting excited or what? Not so much seeing it, but if you guys, let's say, had a bigger rodent or let's say you had, like, 
you know, I've seen everybody. You know, rabbit or something? Yeah, he had like, like a, a shop. Rabbit you or? had like a, yeah, a shop <laughs> rabbit or, or ferret or something that was maybe a rodent, you know, even a pet squirrel, anything like that. I just want to be really safe because these guys are super, super sensitive. And, and we, what we, nice one of, dinner. yeah. And you see how, you see how beautiful she is. You see how beautiful she is. And so how, I mean, how she's being totally calm. And so one of the basic Total things calm. of, and one of the ways that you preserve safety when you interact with these snakes and no matter how big they are, I mean, I've, I've worked snakes at almost 300 pounds and, it, and it's the same and it's the same process is once it's not food, once you, you just need to basically communicate that it's, Hey, it's not feeding time. And once you communicate, it's not food time, you're good to go. And we're like this, but if they can smell a rodent, then they're like, Hey, where's the food? And so then, you know, your interaction is a little different and they're looking for food while you're looking to handle them. And that's not always the most harmonious interaction. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, man. This is fun. You rock. This, this is, is great. This is a blast. I can't tell you how much I, had, I appreciate I had, it. I had so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for letting me hold one, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I, was, I didn't think I was going to do that, but I, I think, did. I so, really Sarah, think. Sarah, you were impressed? I was impressed. I really, I really <laughs> think we need to get you holding Scooter. Sk- holding Scooter? With, with, with a killer pick. Uh, around, That's what I around, would Will she go around my neck if we, like, do, when we do the picture? Oh, I'm sure. For social media? Oh, I'm sure. All right. If you go check out the Instagram, yeah. uh, I'll try to hold Scooter. She's super calm right now. I feel terrible Beautiful. disturbing her, but thanks again for coming, man. Yes, sir. Thank and you. thanks so much for the team that makes this happen. James Leitner behind the cameras and with all the lighting and all the editing and everything that makes us look so good. Thanks, James. Appreciate you, man. And to Sarah Lentz and to our awesome intern team, Trinity, Gianna, and Noah for all of your hard work. Appreciate you guys so much. And podcast fam, remember that you can find all the links to our incredible sponsors at whoagnv.com slash sponsors. These are the guys that make the show happen. So please, 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 please support our sponsors and give them some love and tell them that you heard about them on this podcast. Uh, you can also find the links to today's incredible sponsors uh, and the links to our guest website and social media channels in the notes of this episode. So be sure to check them out. Uh, really quick, I didn't ask you yet. Where can people go and, and find you? Is it, do you have a website? Yeah, website, ancientreproductions.com, uh, IG, Bob Garrier, Ancient Repro. If you put in Bob Garrier with my name that you'll probably have, in the title of whatever folks are looking at, whatever platform you're on, find you'll it. find me. Awesome. Thank and you. Uh, special love this episode to our friends at Leonardo's Millhopper. You guys, Leonardo's Millhopper offers the same classic food, family-friendly atmosphere, local beers on draft and in cans, and they even have an upgraded wine selection. Whether you want to dine in, order carry out, or have one of the local delivery services bring it to you, Leonardo's Millhopper has dinner covered. Kyle and the team have a huge heart for Gainesville and have been incredibly supportive of our show, so definitely show them some love and order today. Place your order by visiting leonardosmillhopper.com or by visiting them or by or by giving them a call at 352-376-2001. Of course, you can visit them at their location as well, which would be great. But again, you can call them at 352-376-2001. Kyle, thanks so much for your support, man. Love you. And uh, when you call them, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. We will see you later. Bye.